Hi everyone and welcome back to the Driven by Curiosity podcast. I'm so excited to share with you this interview. It's honestly so incredible and you've made a very good choice clicking on this episode because today I have Alice here with me on the show. I met Alice a year ago, yes a year ago, because she participated in a startup accelerator that I ended up working for as a marketing assistant and I could immediately relate to Alice because she is a solo founder, female solo founder, and she started a chocolate um, company called Coco Unai. So in this episode, we talk all about what it is like to start a chocolate business and to be a solo female founder in a startup accelerator program and also Alice and decision now to actually step back from the business this year and move to Dubai. So let me tell you, there's so much advice in this episode all about business, but then also really how to know when um, to step back from something and really Alice's thought process behind stepping back from her business and, you know, stepping outside her comfort zone in a much different way. So make sure you listen to this entire podcast episode because you don't want to miss out on any second of it. And without further ado, let's welcome Alice to the Driven by Curiosity podcast. Oh, and actually, before we get started, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you're listening. And also, if you enjoy this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and sharing it on your Instagram story. And you can tag me at Laura underscore Langheinrich. My Instagram handle is linked down below. So I can see you. I can reshare it. I can connect with you. And it really, really helps the podcast to grow. So thank you so, so much for your support. Hi, Alice, and welcome to the Driven by Curiosity podcast. I'm so excited to have you today. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yay. <laughs> so this podcast is called Driven by Curiosity, and it's all about empowering women to step outside their comfort zone. So my first question for you is, when was the last time that you stepped outside your comfort zone? I feel like literally yesterday. <laughs> Um, well, obviously, <clears throat> coming to Dubai, um, it's a funny one. I think a lot of people that I speak to and the biggest reaction you get from the UK is, oh, wow, you're so brave going mm -hmm. out to Dubai. But to be honest, with you, I don't really feel like that. Like, it's more exciting for me. I just think, wow, what a cool venture to go on, live somewhere abroad. Um. Mm -hmm probably getting here and then starting a new job and new role and um, where obviously here life is really fast paced I think you are sometimes chucked into the deep end so <clears throat> probably in situations like that sorry I feel like I'm croaking now I've lost my voice already <laughs> no problem so how long have you been in Dubai right now okay so I got here It was about two and a half weeks ago, almost three weeks. So not long at all. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Well, we are going to talk about um, moving abroad to Dubai and like the second part of the podcast, which I'm really excited about. In the first part, uh, part of the podcast, we're going to talk 
more about your business, um, which I'm also very excited about. So to start mm -hmm. off, um, feel free to introduce yourself to the audience. Let us know, you know, what's your story and why are you in Dubai now? Why did you start your business? Like, just give us a little CV of you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I better not talk for too long. <laughs> um, no, so basically, obviously, my name is Alice. I'm a year and a half ago now, almost two years. I started a company called Coco and I, um, which um, gives people sugar-free chocolate um, as a high-quality bar. And the biggest thing is that it would be um, without, yeah, without artificial sweeteners and just keeping the sweeteners it does have to a very low minimum and just really focusing on that good quality of ingredients. Um, so that was my biggest sort of target that I was going for in the market. And it was something that wasn't really seen in the sugar-free market. There was a couple or there are a couple of sugar-free chocolate brands out there, but um, most of them are sort of in that less quality category. So it was really sort of working on the high end um, chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And how come you um, got into business like in the first place? So I got into the chocolate business. Um, it was actually mostly through an idea that I had at university. I was in public relations at the time. And in one of my lectures, um, they put out an announcement to say if anyone has a great business idea, they're putting on a night school classes and <clears throat> a program for people that want to sort of give it a go with any business that they have the idea. And they would in hand give you resources and help and support and push your business forward so it was through them I applied and luckily I, I was I got onto the program which I was so super excited about and yeah it was probably about I think five five months in total and it wrapped up really nicely for me because it just finished in May um, June time which is just when I was finishing my fourth year exams and um, so after that um, and I'd graduated university then really was kind of set up to just go ahead and get started with the business really yeah that's so exciting um, and also for all the listeners one of the previous episodes is going to be with Edward Pollock I interviewed him and he actually works for EIG which is the startup accelerator that Alice participated in so that's where the circle closes and um, yeah he's he's a really good friend of mine he's helped me so much with the chocolate business Yes, so, he's awesome. He was your mentor, right? Yeah, yeah. He he <laughs> was really there, like the whole journey. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, really cool. So, I want to ask you a few questions about what it was like to start a business in uni, because many of my listeners they're like also still in uni, maybe still in school, and they might also be interested in starting a business as a student. So, my first question here. Um, is have you ever compared yourself to like course mates, for example, who went down a more traditional route of like jobs, like who didn't want to start a business? Because I 
have for sure sometimes like from my my own experience because I knew I wanted to be self-employed like since my second year of uni but I was still sometimes comparing myself and like questioning oh like everyone around me wants to go into like PR and work for those big brands and here I am just wanting to do my own little business is that wrong so did you ever feel like that like similar do you know what kind of similar I suppose to you um I don't know if it was so much of a desire but I just felt personally that um it was very likely for me to do my own business idea I just felt in maybe my heart you would call it that um it was something that I was driven towards to do um so yeah when the opportunity arrives I just felt this is so me to do something like this and start a little business on the side and I think for anyone that sort of feels like it's something they would like to do I definitely think doing it when you're in uni is such a great time to go ahead and do it because you don't realize it. I think so much there but um even if it's not something like me who did PR, um, when I was starting my business, I didn't really speak to too many of my like um, normal teachers about, but there's just so many people in that university that you have connections with because mm-hmm. you're in the building, which sometimes can get a bit lost when you step out of that sort of educational circle. When I was starting, mm-hmm. I had the greatest benefit to be surrounded by nutritionists nutrition students and dietetic doctors and all these little circles that really came from connections that um I made through people or um yes staff at the university so the support network you have there definitely utilize it while while you've got it there and because I know the feeling especially when you graduate uni And I think it's the biggest thing like coming out from starting a business at at university is you realise how much support you had, Mm -hmm. obviously, when you come back home and that support's just, I wouldn't say lost, but it's it's, um, obviously very further away, literal speaking as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I think um, a lot of us, sometimes we kind of stay in our own bubble and we don't actually reach out. We don't ask. We don't even look for people to help us. But yes, totally. Like in university, you just have like, it's so easy to to network and to have that support. I think that's a huge reason to start a business in university. I totally agree with you on that. But it's also, I mean, tell me if you, if you also think that. But it's kind of like in uni. I mean, yes, you're like super busy with classes and exams and stuff like that. But on the other hand, you might still have a bit more time than when you would work like a, an actual job. Um, and you also in uni don't have that pressure yet to like, oh, my God, I need to make like a full time income from this like ASAP to keep up this lifestyle that I've created through like a traditional job. So I feel like there's not as much pressure when you start. Yeah. And you know what? I'm just picking up something you said there about networking. When if you'd asked me at uni before I started my business and you asked me, oh, yeah, you need to be networking and chatting to your like staff and stuff. I'd be like, oh, don't be so silly. Like, let me just get on with my classes to be a student. (laughs) But like, it's just that one place, you know, 
um, when you're so inclusive with different things like you can be inquisitive you can ask like people um, staff especially their opinions on things like and you know there's no there's no reason not to really like whether you're wanting to really pursue a business or you think of it just as a project because it's such a a learning atmosphere there they really encompass that whole like no question is a bad question you know and they'll really support you um through anything that you've got whereas I know yeah I just feel like for the amount of people that I've reached out to for my business and done it through uni I think if I'd done that after uni in a weird way I think I would be more shy to do that Mm. Um, but you're just in that sort of educational bubble really where you can you can really sort of investigate all all areas that you want to do and not feel pressurized that it needs to be a really successful business for anyone to take time to listen to you really yeah that is such a good point for sure and and a big big uh, reminder I think for um, listeners right now who are still in uni like reach out like oftentimes um, Ed and I we talked about it on our podcast interview but oftentimes maybe your university even has something similar to RGU where you do have like a startup accelerator like entrepreneurship is getting like so much more important with like every single year so you might not know it but your your university might have events or like as you said like um night classes or maybe even a startup accelerator so um definitely make sure you you use those resources and yeah you're so right like yeah like most teachers are so excited like when you ask them about their opinion and their advice like they I think most teachers love giving their their input into things oh yeah definitely like I think well I've said this again obviously I did PR so I have no no real education background in nutrition and I think I remember chatting to three or four different nutritionists here at RGU and you then get advised oh you need to speak to this guy because obviously doing something like sugar-free is a bit more niche for for sort of a general mm-hmm. nutrition side so then I f- finally found someone who knew someone who worked in a different university who was actually a food science specialist and they had been working with I think it was a close friend um working out and really experimenting on the scientific side with different sweeteners and really the impact they were having. And you think if I never even asked or got around that roundabout of asking people, I've never found this one person who was really able to support me with my um, business in a way that maybe the others didn't have such a big passion in. Um, so it really is so, it's fascinating the way sort of network networking can really push you on into into getting in contact with just the right person yeah and I to be honest I also love how you said that maybe in the beginning it feels uncomfortable like I because I I can really resonate with what you said that like maybe in the beginning it feels a bit uncomfortable um to like network because I I think like I I'm fine with like with you like talking with you right now is like totally fine but I'm also more a bit introverted and like talking to you like strangers I'm also not a big fan but you know the more you practice it the easier it gets to be uncomfortable 
Um, and people are like genuinely really nice. Like you barely get anyone being being mean to you. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like as long as you like you work your way and you might get some people that aren't really interested, but you know that's fine. Like you get to the people and when you find the people that are interested or share the same passions of you, you won't be able to get them to shut up. They'll just be chatting away. <laughs> I love it okay so I want to ask you I'm also really curious so how was it in the startup accelerator and I I mean I know your cohort so I know there were lots of um, teams there were lots of male founders maybe even older people and and you were like a young solo female founder so did you ever feel that like did you sometimes feel a bit intimidated um, or anything because I could imagine that maybe listeners would also feel maybe a little bit intimidated, especially when they're around people who are older or male or, and you're like a shy person. And so how did that feel? And how did you like overcome that? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I remember mentioning it at the end of my cohort, actually. Um, when I started, I was kind of that person who had an idea that was going to change the revolution of sugar-free confectionery. But realistically, I was starting with very, very little apart from my idea. I didn't really have a recipe. I had some chocolate that didn't really taste very good at that point. <laughs> um, and I generally was just kind of really starting from scratch. So being pushed into a group where you've got about 20 30 other people some of these guys you know they're twice my age they've been developing apps for the last two years and they're just at that final stage of trying to push this on and then you've got other people obviously being in Aberdeen that have got ideas for the oil rigs and very technological um and then you've also got people who you know they're just thinking of the next technology thing that just blows my mind to even think about it you know mm-hmm. there's me oh yeah I went to make some sugar-free chocolate <laughs> so I think definitely at the start I thought what am I getting myself into here but um yeah I don't know yeah I definitely yeah I definitely felt like that at the start um but I think I just I thought I want to make this work you know I've got I did feel like quite a privilege being on the program um so I felt look they've chosen me for a reason you know um they obviously think this idea's got potential and yeah I think I just put myself into it and and I think the biggest thing that I found that I really enjoyed was just chatting to other people that like I think from the offset I definitely felt like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the weakest link but definitely someone that was just a bit airy-fairy in the group you know with my little sugar-free idea <laughs> but the more you chat to people and you think gosh even though they might have this big great app to help I don't know everything in the oil um when you get down to it, everyone's sort of in the same boat. Everyone's sort of plodding along and it's all just really a minefield of just working out how it's going to work for your for your business. And 
And I think that's the biggest thing that sort of switched when you realise, even though on the outside, like people look like they're so much further ahead, you know, everyone is sort of, yeah, just working their way through their own field. Um, and we are, all are starting at a point where, you know, the future, you just don't know, do you? Yeah, oh, I love that you said that as well, that like, everyone in their own way and maybe they they seem super like confident they seem as if they know what they're doing but then you talk to them or you get a little behind the scenes and you realize well no no one really knows what they're doing and everyone has like challenges to overcome um and yeah I mean to be honest like I like the first time I I heard of your story and I saw like the promotional video like I was like immediately a fan I was like I could so relate to you and Yeah, that's yeah. why I really wanted to have you on the podcast as well, because it's just like so empowering, I think, your story. Um, and yeah, so I'm super excited. And oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, um, so I, because like the advice I can give to my listeners is very, like the business advice is very based on a service based online business, because that's what I do, right? So um, mm -hmm. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because you run an product-based business like an actual product-based business where you stand there and you make the product you make the chocolate and mm -hmm. um so if someone listening right now is dreaming of starting their own product-based business maybe I don't know maybe it's candles or or I don't know journals or <laughs> I don't know whatever it is but they have no idea where to start what would be like your advice for them oh I feel like this podcast should have the title networking <laughs> see again like, like even when we like sort of chatting about before I think that's really got me in like again when I started I was quite shy you know I did wasn't really like into sort of that whole networking vibe and I think it was actually just chatting to my peers obviously next to me and thinking do you know we're all in the same boat and it, it just releases you like and it just makes you feel more at ease at your own thing and what you're up to and I would absolutely say the same if you're doing candles or anything like that just go and chat to maybe you've got a local candle shop person that you can just say oh hey do you know I quite fancy doing this or what advice do you have and just ask literally anybody and everybody <laughs> and um, even if it's not even quite to do with what you've got but it has relations they'll know someone or and I mean it doesn't even have to be formal it can be a chat over a coffee but um, it's the biggest thing I think that's really supports me and I think for chocolate I've I've had the I've had the benefit of being able to chat to other chocolatiers and I think sometimes you think gosh am I pricing my chocolate right how much should be and just these tiny little insights where I don't think you'd really be able to find um on the internet or anything like that or you know they tell you you know where's the best to sort of sort out your packaging or how they've done that or how they've cut their cost down and these little tiny minutiae which will probably just come out of their mouth 
I wouldn't say by accident, but you know, <laughs> just in general chatting, but it'll be like the golden pieces of the puzzle that will really tie your business up um, and will allow you to, to do really well. So I would definitely say just get your hands on people. And I think the biggest thing that I've realised over the past year is um, there's no... I think there's no hard feelings of even if you've got a complex idea, reaching out to someone on like a platform like LinkedIn um, of someone that has a business very similar to yours. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's one of the things where people say if you're in the business of entrepreneurship or something, I feel like everyone just likes to sort of help each other out. Mm-hmm. Um I remember someone told me that as well and they says look everyone actually loves to loves to think that they know something that might help someone else out and when you're a student you don't really get that so much no one's really asking you um but I remember someone reached out to me actually on LinkedIn who I didn't even know and knew that I'd got onto this innovation program and they were asking me advice on how they would possibly get into a similar program and it was just one of those nice feelings you know that someone thought oh, do you know what she she's actually got some was wise words in her so I'm gonna ask her so yeah I had no problems um obviously responding and that I took it as quite a compliment to be honest with you <laughs> so yeah and I think well, there's like sometimes we big people up but at the end of the day you know we're all human and we're all sort of plodding our way through life and I think especially in in careers like entrepreneurship is we all kind of know it's it's really hard at the start and mm-hmm. and we do rely on one another to really um pursue our businesses so I think if anyone knows how difficult it is to start is the people that have done it before um so they're usually quite good ones to try and get your hands on and have a chat with if you're enjoying this episode right now and you're thinking about starting your own business while studying abroad or moving abroad or traveling then i would love to support you in my girls abroad membership because in there we have lots of lots of girls who are also starting their own businesses while studying abroad whilst being in uni whilst moving around they're mostly online businesses or remote businesses and we would love to have you in there as well as part of the girls abroad membership you get access to monthly masterclasses, visualizations, journaling prompts, challenges, and a monthly group coaching call where you can get one-on-one coaching from me to help you um, start and run and grow your business. And I think the best thing, honestly, is to have the support community of girls who really believe in you and in your dreams. So for a really low monthly rate, you can join our membership. It's completely risk-free to join because you can cancel any time. And if you want to learn more about it, then make sure you check out the link in the show notes. Such wonderful advice. And I, I also really appreciate what you said about competition like I feel like maybe people have a very strong mindset around oh but I can't share or like they won't share what they're doing because then they think I'm competition or like the other way around but it really isn't like that like not a lot um like I've I've never really experienced that like where someone 
if I ask people, like, as you said, that they always are like excited to give their opinion, to, to share tips, to brainstorm ideas. Like to me, no one has ever said like, oh, well, no, you have to find that out yourself. <laughs> like, you yeah. Know. Yeah. And so in your business journey so far with Coco Unai, what do you think were some of the best decisions you've made or some of the best things you've done, although in the moment you were scared to do them or to make that decision? I think the same. Probably there's sometimes I would feel, again, we're going back to networking, but I'd feel like I didn't actually want to reach out to other chocolatiers. Mm. very similar to what you said was that well, I don't want them to steal my recipe you know I've got a good thing going here <laughs> they're already making chocolate they could easily think oh yeah that's very good and not want to share it like not want to do because I thought oh, they're going to steal my ideas but realistically they've just got so much more to give me than to be honest I could ever give them um, mm. at that point of the business and um, it probably is one I would say was yeah it was was a really I feel like even though I got a lot of support through networking through the university and speaking to nutritionists and dietetics and working at my recipe from that side it was actually really speaking to the other chocolatiers that mm. gives you real nuggets of information which to be honest with you at the start I thought I'm not sure I want to be telling them about my brilliant ideas because it would be very easy um for them to decide to make their own but so uh, yeah probably that I also um I also made the decision to go to Indonesia um, mm. at the start of when I started my business up. Luckily, I had family friends out there um, who were running a chocolate business. And I think, I don't know if I was actually too nervous. I think I was quite excited to go. But <laughs> um, it was really cool seeing that side and, and getting more of a vision of, the whole process of the chocolate which without being there you probably wouldn't understand as much um so yeah that was I think that was very insightful to be there for sure yeah that's so 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 cool that you did that and so the last business question um that I have for you is what would you say is the number one lesson that running Coco Unai taught you Um, so probably I would say I've got two. Um, the, I think one of the biggest things is you have to know that running a business is never, ever going to be so smooth. And I think especially just coming out of uni and coming out of innovation bubble you're in a whirlwind of excitement and you've got so much like positive prospects for the business and high energy just everywhere and you're just like running a million miles an hour and you think this is going to be amazing and at one stage or another the bubble pops and you think the 
I think you just get a bit of a reality check or, um, you know, you can't always be a million miles an hour, 100%. So I think having to really grasp the idea that sometimes, most days, maybe half the days, but most days, it's a bit of a slog, you know, you're working hard things are probably going wrong you had expectations of something I think it's managing expectations Mm. I remember when I started you are in a big bubble and you think this is going to be amazing and everything that I signed up to do um, I remember doing my first exhibition in January and you hear oh yes it's going to be Sainsbury's walking around and TK Maxx and I was just ready with my stand, like, okay, here we go. I'm ready to sign on with Sainsbury's tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but the reality is, just never. It doesn't actually work out as smooth sailing as anyone can ever make out. Mm-hmm. And even when you read books of other entrepreneurs, I think you have to realize it. There's so much more time and effort and really bad days and days that you're just like powering through it and you think is this ever going to work and I do it too and then as soon as you get that good thing that comes along or that break that just does it then for some reason you just seem to forget about the 101 days that you were really sort of struggling with because after 100 on your 102nd day something just turned right Mm -hmm. um so I think yeah you've just got to manage your I want to say emotions because for me it was emotions like (laughs) you're just up and down and it's it's draining sometimes because you have good days and bad days and it is a bit of a roller coaster and I think being able to manage that efficiently and well and not overbear yourself with too much sort of and I think that's something I was, do you know, you'd kick yourself for, for not doing things and not getting stuff done and putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And I think, I mean, you're only human at the end of the day and I think you've got to work to the best, but don't try and like run out of steam because you're pushing yourself a hundred hours a day, do you know, trying to do something, do you know, you have to, have to get that work-life balance as well and I think that's so important yeah and you touched on so many good points there um for sure like on the one side I feel like um I I think the reason why a lot of like or, or people start projects or businesses or or anything really and then they don't see immediate results so they think oh I'm doing it wrong or ah this is not the right thing for me or you know whatever and they give up not realizing that it's normal that you won't get immediate results you just have to like keep going and keep having that motivation even to go through those bad days right and even to push through those moments and then yes and as you said like on the other hand though also realizing that you're in this for like a sustainable amount of time in a long period of time. So it's normal that you also have like not so positive days and you have to like also be easy on yourself. So you said lots of yeah. great things. Yeah. Yes. And 
yeah okay so those were all the business questions I mean I could ask you like 10 million business questions but I really also want to talk about how your journey now kind of changed a little bit and so you decided to take a step back from the business and um, if you want to I think the listeners would be very interested in like what your thought process behind that was like how did you know that was the right decision because like I think it was a hard decision and maybe wasn't easy. You maybe thought about it a lot. So if any of the listeners maybe also have to make a decision where they're not 100% sure, they're maybe scared, like how did you know what was the right thing to do? That's a very good question. Um, so kind of like what I've been saying, I mean, let's be honest, it's been a crazy year um, yes. <laughs> with this global pandemic. So it's not helped um, very many businesses. Um, but definitely for me, as I'm going to repeat myself now. <laughs> so at the start of the year, you're just trying I think the biggest thing with being an entrepreneur and having your own business is there's just so much self-motivation that you mm -hmm. have to gather and fuel yourself with and it is one of the biggest it's, it's a great skill to have mm -hmm. um, but it is sometimes very difficult and yeah so on my journey um, we had lockdown one and at the start of lockdown one <clears throat> I was pretty motivated and I th I think at that time I was reaching out to a lot just before I was reaching out to a lot of suppliers and I was targeting a lot of the health food stores um, mm -hmm. and to be honest with you I was getting knocked back quite a lot so it was getting to me a little bit and you know you try not to take these things to heart but sometimes you know you just can't help it and you think why does no one like my chocolate hmm. and there was people giving me feedback like it's nice but you could do with some more flavors and um, at that point I just had milk dark and white and other people would say that the health food market in these health foods are really we're just looking at vegan at the moment and obviously my chocolate is specialized in sugar-free so it's not um a vegan market is not really where you place my product so mm. with a combination of those and lockdown one I thought right um do you know what I'm gonna take a step back from knocks back all the time and, and reaching out to the suppliers and instead I'm going to work on my digital presence and really work on my sales um, direct to the business and it was difficult it was different for me and at the start I didn't like it because I was still quite afraid of the camera still wasn't quite clued up and making my Instagram extra nice and this and that but do you know, I had the time, no one was going anywhere. So I thought, if any time's a good time, get on with the social media lights now. And mm -hmm. um, so I, I just put some time into it and I just slowly um, got more confident and did more videos and different things like that. And I managed to create 12 new flavors within that lockdown. Um, 
and really worked I think on my subscription club and got that up and running so the amount that I managed to do over that lockdown although it was quite nice for me because I was having a break from pushing myself in a direction where I was getting knocked back all the time it was more of a customer um, relationship that I was having Mm -hmm. and I think at the end when we came out it was about summertime do you know I was in a really good place with the business and I thought this was great and the other thing I think that helped was I had a part-time job at that point and it was just at a vet surgery and after lockdown I thought right this is me now I'm going to not go back to work and I'm going to really pursue this and do it full time and so that was my goal Um, Mm because things were quite well but I think the problem there was although it was doing well over lockdown um, after lockdown you're then in summer which obviously for chocolate is not the best season Mm. and to be honest with you there just wasn't enough sales or revenue coming in to really support me to work at the business full-time and I think that put a lot of stress on myself as well trying to make something full-time really there wasn't I wouldn't say there's not enough work for me but there definitely wasn't enough income for me to be able to do that um, and utilize my my skills to to work around that and I think that was one of the biggest problems I had because it really knocked on my stress levels of mm-hmm. business or working and yeah so I think there was parts of me that says look it says I need to get a new part-time job or something because I'm just stressing myself out here um and it was almost yeah it was it was a long couple of months and that's probably when I started thinking I don't know if this business is going in a direction that's going to be positive now and that we can see a future with. And um, the biggest thing that really kept me going in that season was my, for obviously for chocolate, you've got two seasons, uh, Christmas and Easter. And it was Christmas. I knew that last year I just started and it was a bit of a, a bit of a crazy mess I'm gonna say um this Christmas is like I'm gonna get all my Christmas markets um signed up and that's the thing especially when you're consumable like me marketing it's not cheap um and it's one of the biggest things I think you can do is put yourself out there in farmers markets trade shows um food festivals and with everything cancelled mm. it's not just the fact that you're you're moving a lot of products very fast in a very short period of time and you're getting that revenue there's you're reaching so many people if there's thousands of people coming to that food festival that just see your brand once you know there's so much marketing in just having a stand that I think sometimes doesn't get recognized mm-hmm. So, yeah, so with everything sort of losing towards Christmas, that was my biggest, like, when I had a target, that was right, okay, I'm going to get all sorts for Christmas. Um, 
I also was reaching out and trying to um, get some government support. But unfortunately, from the way my business works, I just seem to fall through the gaps and um, through mm. any government funding, which obviously was quite disappointing to think um, that some businesses were doing okay because they had that support. And it was just something that unfortunately I fell through the cracks with. So, yeah. So that was my plan. And then we went into obviously lockdown 2.0. And Mm. after that, every single one of my um, markets got cancelled. And it was really at that step, just thinking back to the year, you've got the start of the year, just being knocked back from the health food stores, which would be my primary market looking for veganism um, products and not sugar-free and yeah and then all my farmers markets being cancelled and not having that support trying to work um, over a period of time and do chocolate full-time with no government support my bank balance is looking very sad at this point Mm. Um, so it finally got to a stage where my um, rent was coming out and I thought look this is something, it's just not attainable right now. I don't have sort of that um, revenue to go into the business and possibly reach out and try a new avenue. Um, so that was really sort of time that I thought, look, as much as I enjoy doing the chocolate and it, I mean, it's exciting some days, um, but I thought, do you know what? Sometimes it's better to know when to take a step back and sort of refresh and step completely away and and sort of gather what what's a better business plan to move forward. Mm. And maybe in a year or two's time where there's a better focus point and you've got a better eye on where you're going. And I think that would be a great time to take the chocolate back up. Yeah. Um, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for sharing like so much insight into everything. I, I, I genuinely believe not a lot of business owners would do that. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. I think like it's going to help um, many listeners who maybe also you know where this year like it's it's like a different example but you know lots of my listeners their travel plans got cancelled when they wanted to go to study abroad right and they they were shattered and they but it wasn't their fault so they just had to you know kind of find a better alternative but of course you're still like um you know you're still disappointed and you kind of have to have to deal with that so um, but what I what I love what you said, and I want to point that out is what you said with you sometimes have to take a step back. So then eventually you can take a step forward again. And, and by taking a step back, you can kind of get some distance and you can see things a lot more clearly, you can reevaluate. Um, yeah. and, and I love that. And it's also, you know, when we pursue a goal, like no matter what it is, and um, that's actually something one of my friends just recently said, like, no goal is um, irreversible. Like you can always reconsider. You can always go back. You can always try something else. Um, and yeah. I feel like 
there might be this, I mean, honestly, with anything in life, like not just with business, but with anything that you start, maybe it is a university course and halfway through you realize, oh, well, that's not the thing I want to do. Then maybe society will tell you, yeah, but you started it and you can't throw it away now, all that work. And so you kind of finish it just to like please other people. And then you are stuck in something that's not the way you want it to be. So it's so brave to like be honest with yourself and realize that, well, maybe right now, because I decide it's the right thing for me, I'm going to do this yeah. differently. And I won't stay with something that doesn't serve me in this stage of my life. And, and I also love how you say like that you can always come back to it once, you know, it feels better for you. So thanks so much for sharing that. It's awesome. Yeah, I think it's a good like point, actually, because I think um, I had a couple of subscribers and customers who I know loved my chocolate and were so sweet in telling me. And I think it was the biggest, like, the biggest disappointment I thought that I would be letting so many people down. Mm. And, but at the end of the day, do you know, it's, it I would be in a worse position now um with continuing on and really being in a I would say a point of no return do you know you can just imagine getting yourself into debt trying to trying to pursue something when really mm -hmm. months ahead you knew was it was just not sustainable at that point and you know yeah I think it gets for me it was just that decision of with everything going on and all the different like parts of the journey, um, I just lost where there was no definite goal where I was going with that business that was clear and mm. attainable at that at, well, this specific point. And I think really at that stage, you have to do have to say, look, as much as I might enjoy doing it, but that's, that's really the point we think right let's just take a step back and as you say there's no harm coming back to it if it's something that you really enjoy and it might just be that at that specific point or that specific time frame obviously with COVID not everything's possible right now but it doesn't mean in a couple of years time it's everything could be different so mm -hmm. you just don't know really yeah um and I think it's so lovely because the lady I'm staying with at the moment, she works for the embassy in Dubai and um, she keeps like, telling me about how many like, great ideas she's got for Coco and I chocolate too. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, so so you never know, we might be here very shortly. <laughs> I love it. And um, so tell us, just to round up this episode, tell us where you're now, like what are you doing and How's your journey gonna look like from from now on if if you know <laughs> yes yeah, so at the moment um I am in Dubai and I have a job in real estate over here um again I, I don't think anyone ever says they've got a passion in real estate to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely houses property development and that design aspect um is something that I'm super keen on so getting into something that real estate 
again sort of enjoying meeting with people and having not just an ordinary business lifestyle mm-hmm. um I think suits me really well so at the moment I'm really enjoying it going out um yeah meeting with different people showing around people's houses it's it's something that I I quite enjoy at the moment so who knows what's going to happen as I say I've got um my friend in the embassy who who actually works for Scottish Enterprise over here mm. um, so you never know <laughs> next year you might see cocoa and I chocolate somewhere in Dubai ah <laughs> uh, I love it I love it and honestly I think your whole journey is just so powerful and you're so powerful and so empowered and I love it and thanks so much for coming onto the podcast it's such an inspiring journey like and even this year like just how you told us like everything it's just so so inspiring so thanks so much for for being on here um and to finish off I just want to ask you if there's anything or if there's anywhere where you want to lead the listeners to so where can we follow your journey um where can we keep updated with what you're up to (laughs) So, yeah, basically, I do have my Coco Unai page. Um, my Instagram is still live. And, yeah, probably following my Instagram is the best thing. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually put a post up to say that I'm in Dubai and that the business is taking a nap. But <laughs> I love you never it. know. <laughs> what's going to happen so I would definitely say give them a follow or give us a follow and yeah I'm sure I'm sure if anything anything's going on um that would be the place to find out the news for sure okay I will link your Instagram handle down below so yeah thank you so much for for coming on to the show and for sharing your thank you for having me If you enjoyed this podcast episode, make sure you take a screenshot of you listening right now and post it on your Instagram stories and make sure you link me at Laura underscore Langheinrich as well as Alice at Coco Unai. Both of our Instagram handles are linked in the show notes so we can reshare it, we can connect with you and I would just really, really appreciate your support and share it with your friends. So thanks so much for listening today and you will hear from me in the next podcast episode. Bye!